So our most successful retirees are the ones that are getting these projects done while they're still working. So if there's surprises, they can kind of pivot and make sure they're taking care of it. So there's no big surprises left to retirement. So it's not to say that you can't do any of these things in retirement, but you just want to take into account that what you're budgeting today isn't necessarily going to be the same a year from now or two years from now. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I'm Joe Curry, along with my co-host, as always, Lindsay Wilson. How are you today, Lindsay? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. It's the first week of school for my oldest, although JK for Harry uh, doesn't start full-time until tomorrow. But anyway, excited for the routine. I probably mentioned that in the last podcast, but anyway. Yeah. And how was the first day? Uh, First day went pretty well. It's usually uh, a time of, I guess, feelings. (laughs) I went to school for Lou, but he did really well. Actually, he left pretty happy and has gone back the last couple of days with no tears and seems pretty happy. So it's going great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, today I thought that we could look at what we're going to call retirement dress rehearsal. And of course, dress rehearsal, theater speak is, you know, a dry run of the production. So it's sort of a chance for you to try everything out to make sure it all, all the pieces fall into place, which of course is a great idea for retirement. Give yourself that lead time to make sure all your pieces are in place and that everything's going to go smoothly when the performance happens or when retirement happens. So I think we'll just jump into the first question that I have for you, which is, what should people be doing in the year or two before they retire? Sure. So there's a few things that we want to figure out ahead of time and kind of practice, like you said, dress rehearsal, Lindsay. And so in order for us to practice retirement, we need to know what our cash flow needs are going to be. And we're also kind of assuming we're at a point where we've either A, determined what our cash flow available is going to be in retirement because we've done the planning and we know where we stand. Or two, we have a really good idea of exactly what we are going to spend in retirement. So we've kind of figured out that that budget as far as cash flow goes. And so assuming we've done that or one of those scenarios, now what we want to do is, I guess, just get clear to make sure what we think we're going to spend in retirement actually matches up with a realistic number. And we can do that by taking our household take-home income. And then we could be looking at what are the expenses that are going to go away in retirement. So that's going to be like retirement savings, for example. If we are going to be you know, paying off our mortgage in the next year or so right before we retire, we can take that expense out. If there's commuting costs to get to and from work, we can take those expenses out. But aside from that, when we take that number that's left over of free cash flow, and it looks a lot different than what you've budgeted out for retirement, then there's probably a bit of an issue with that, right? Because that's what you're actually spending right now. And once you get to retirement, it's not likely that you're going to be spending less money because now every day is going to be Saturday, right? We probably mentioned that in the podcast mm-hmm. a few times. Mm-hmm. So if anything, especially early on in retirement, spending is probably going to go up. So we want to just make sure that that number we budgeted makes sense. 
And again, if we've looked at it from a, a planning standpoint where we know approximately what our available income is going to be, and we want to make sure that that number we came up with from our planning is similar to or above that number we come up with for free cash flow. So once we've done that, what we want to do at least a year ahead is we want to set up a new bank account but that we're going to do all of our spending out of. And so essentially what we want to do is we can keep that current bank account we have, or you can do the opposite of what I'm saying. But the point is we're going to have at least two bank accounts here. And all of our income is going to flow into one of these bank accounts. And from that bank account, where all of our income flows into, you're going to continue to... So if you, again, if you're going to have the mortgage paid off before retirement, but you're still paying it right now, you could have that mortgage payment come out of that account where your income flows into. And any kind of retirement savings... Are, so if you're putting money into RSPs or whatever it is, that money can come out of that account as well. Because again, that's not going to be an expense you have in retirement. And then so what you're going to do with your other account is the amount that you think you're going to need and be spending for retirement, you're going to be spending it from that account that all your income flows into, and you're going to send it out to your second account. And from there, you're going to pay all your bills, you're going to do all your regular spending, if you would normally save extra money for a trip out of your main account, maybe you have a separate account set up. But again, the savings is going to come out of that budgeted account, not the account your money's flowing into. And so what you're going to do is then you're just going to live off that for at least a year. And you're going to find out if that number you've come up with for cash flow is going to work for you in retirement because you'll actually have that dress rehearsal, that dry run where you're going to find out, are you having to dip back into that other account where your income's going into? Right. And if you make it through that, then that's great. You know that, you know what, that's probably a reasonable amount of money to live off of once you get to retirement. So you want to set up that bank account, get the cash flow all working, make sure it all works out rather than figuring out when we get to retirement that we had it wrong. And the other thing we could do, especially, you know, once you're close to retirement, a lot of scenarios, you might have a lot more vacation than when you first started working. And so what we want to do is maybe lump some of that vacation together. So if you have six weeks, maybe you put a few of those weeks together, or maybe you're at least doing like two week chunks. And so once we get to retirement, there is the honeymoon phase. And usually people don't have a lot of trouble filling up their time in that first year or so. But this is at least gives you a bit of an idea of what it's going to be when you go a couple weeks without working. And if you find yourself going a bit stir crazy by the end of that second week, then we might want to figure out is retirement the right option for you? Or should we be just looking at some of the other things we've talked about on past podcasts, where we're looking at, you know, what's our purpose going to be spending more time on the purpose piece for retirement beyond work. And maybe it's finding some different work, or maybe it's, you know, starting up a, a new business or whatever it is. But you might not be someone who can just kind of sit around without having some kind of work where you're feeling productive, right? And it, it might not have to be work. But again, that's where the purpose piece really becomes important in figuring out what that's going to be in retirement. So you're not retiring to just be more sedentary and start to uh, fade away and become depressed because you feel like you don't have things to do or you don't have that purpose to get you out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. I think that that speaks nicely to something, a message that we, through many podcasts and, and guests have been trying to get across is create a plan for staying socially engaged, staying active and continuing to learn and grow as well. Or as we would say, finding a sense of purpose, which I think for listeners, they already know we have a tool called the Retirement Navigator it's available on our Retirement Planning Simplified website. And it's a holistic retirement planning tool. There is a cash flow needs portion, as well as getting clear on your values. So I think that works nicely with what you've just introduced there in, in terms of the dress rehearsal for retirement. 
Sure. Yeah. The, I was just going to say with the navigator, basically anyone who wants to take these ideas that we just talked about, Lindsay, they can really just expand on them through the navigator and it gives them a, you know, yeah. like a worksheet to work through. So that's perfect. Yeah. Like a flow. Now, the other piece of this for the dress rehearsal for the retirement is what common mistakes do you see people make as they transition into retirement? Sure. So there's a couple of mistakes here that come to mind when it comes to spending specifically. And so the first one is that we didn't budget enough money. So we thought that we were going to live on less money than uh, we actually are once we get to retirement. And the biggest reason I see this is because people don't go through that exercise that I just talked about and figure out what the free cash flow is going to be or what you're actually spending now. And what they actually look at is they just kind of go back through some monthly expenses and they look at, well, here's my utilities, you know, heat, hydro, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I might spend two or $3,000 on a trip because that's what I did a couple of years ago when I went on an all-inclusive and not really looking at all the one-offs that happen every month, right? And, you know, when we can walk back through a year with someone and we'll see, but, you know, this month you spent this much money, what was that? It was, oh, yeah, that's the month that we did, you know, the big trip because we've been planning this for a long time. Like, okay, that's fine. And do we go back another month? And they're like, oh, we have this other big one-off spending. And it's, yeah, you know what? We uh, we actually bought a four-wheeler for our grandkids. But that's just, you know, that's a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. I bring that up because that's what your father-in-law <laughs> listed for his grandkids. But anyway, the point being that when they're looking at the budget, they're just looking at the necessities of things that have to come out on a monthly basis, but they're not taking into account all the other ways that they spend money. And because they all feel like one-offs. But the thing is that one-offs that happen every month, they're one-offs because they're different every month, but they're still, you know, we're spending money. And which is fine. We just want to make sure we're accounting for that and not building a budget that's not realistic because Mm -hmm. then it's going to, you know, result in some kind of a negative outcome in retirement, whether it's unexpectedly having to go back to work or not being able to enjoy retirement the way we thought we were going to. Mm-hmm. or some other scenario that, again, is not ideal. Mm-hmm. So that's one. And another one is, and again, it's still along the same lines of spending, but it's leaving some of the big projects that you have for retirement. Mm-hmm. And so the reason this becomes an issue is, you know, you may think you have it budgeted out that, you know, we're taking this chunk out of the portfolio when we're doing our calculations for retirement because we know we're going to spend that on an addition, on a new cottage, on a whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, from the time you do your planning, the cost of everything is going up. And so this is something we've seen a lot over the last couple of years with the crazy inflation we've had is where, you know, $100,000 rentals turned into a $300,000 rental. Mm-hmm. And it's completely, you know, blowing up retirement plans. Mm-hmm. So our most successful retirees are the ones that are getting these projects done where they're still working. Mm-hmm. So if there's surprises, they can kind of pivot and, you know, work a little longer or, you know, whatever it is, and they can make sure they're taking care of it. And so there's no big surprises left to retirement. So it's not to say that you can't do any of these things in retirement, but you just want to take into account that what you're budgeting today isn't necessarily going to be the same a year from now or two years from now. And I guess the other thing is a lot of people budget by honestly just taking a guess. Like, uh, you know, I've heard other people do this and they said it was going to be 50 grand. So I'll just budget 50 grand. But maybe they did something totally different. Maybe you want something that's super custom and they bought the Ikea version, right? So it's getting a little bit more specific in, in that planning process. And ideally, any of these things you can take care of while you're still working ahead of retirement would be optimal. Mm-hmm. So I think those are kind of the, the biggest mistakes, again, that I see when it comes to spending. Mm-hmm. I think um, specifically when we're talking about renovations, it's important to do your research, I suppose, in the same way that you're doing an experiment with setting up a year or two out to make sure you've got a good retirement plan in place. It's also important to do your research too, getting a few quotes, figuring out according to the realistic numbers, 
and, and we advise it with travel as well, too, is reaching out to a travel agent and getting a reasonable number on a trip so that you can budget properly and you're not taking a wild guess or going under or over. Sure. Yeah. So, Lindsay, you have some experience in the construction industry. Maybe you yeah. can share a little bit about, you know, if someone's looking to do a, a big rental or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that process look like? Are contractors used to getting people coming in and asking for quotes and going through it all with them, knowing that they're talking to other contractors? Or, you know, what should people expect if that's something that they want to do and plan for? Yeah. So typically, I mean, one of the one of the big questions that people will ask in construction is, what is your cost per square foot? And it's a little bit like comparing apples to oranges because no two people will agree on how to cost out cost per square foot. And people will call in and say, well, the average is 250 or 300. And you'll say, well, there's a lot that goes into calculating cost per square foot. So it's a bit of a misleading question to ask. So I say that because when you call into a contractor or someone that you want to work with, you should be calling probably at least two to three people because it also comes down to much like a financial planner the relationship too. You want to work with somebody that you feel you're confident with, that understands you, that understands your vision and that can compromise and is giving you good, solid advice, guidance and numbers. You should be able to get a loose estimate. Let's say it's an addition. You should be able to, at no charge to you, get a sort of a loose estimate on what things should cost custom to your project. So, and then you can... Keep those three quotes. And again, they might be comparable. You should be very clear on what's included. There should be a detailed list of what will be included in it. And then you can compare the three or four or five. And then if you feel good about two or three of them, consider the relationship. Consider what they offer, what their services are. The same rules apply, as we've said many times, about finding the right financial advisor. So it's the same kind of principles. So again, it's not just thinking about cost per square foot. It's what's included in that and that relationship too. Sure. Yeah. And that probably also comes to, you know, maybe talking to people who also worked with those contractors to see if things turned out the way they led to believe. Word of mouth, Google reviews, all of these things are important as well. Word of, There's nothing stronger than word of mouth. And of course, always reading the Google reviews. If they've got a lot of good Google reviews, you can feel confident that you're dealing with somebody who is reputable and will get the work done in a good and timely and cost-effective way. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And so speaking of word of mouth, we'll kind of wrap this one up right now. But anyone's listening, if you are getting some value from this, we'd love it if you leave us a five-star honest review on um, iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to. And feel free to share the episode too. If you know anybody who's getting really close to retirement and starting to you know try to figure out if they're going to be able to make that transition, if the cash flow is going to work out the way they're expecting, all those kind of things, you know, we'd appreciate it if you share it because word of mouth is exactly how we've been growing the podcast. That's right. So thanks again. Thank you. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready 
to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.